0: you humorous players, this is the Dominion Weekly Podcast with another interview episode. My guest today is Dales who started his league career in Season 34 and has played in every season since Season 37. He started in C tier, reached A division for the second time in Season 45, and has stayed there ever since. He also very successfully played in various Dominion Online Championships and in the World Cups. I am so happy he agreed to do this interview with me because, as you all know, he is one of the more elusive members of our community. He doesn't really post on Discord at all, Um, so he's one of those players where you really have no idea what... They're thinking of the game, what their opinion is of certain treasures, of pronunciation, or how they feel about Frozen, or about John's. But fear not, dear listeners, you'll get your answers on all these burning questions today! Quick note before we start, we recorded this interview before the release of Seaside 2nd Edition. And now, without further ado, here's J-Nails. Hi. (laughs) How are you?
1: Doing just fine.
0: Well, we start with a very important question that I have been asking myself ever since I first saw your username. But what is is the meaning behind your username?
1: It's uh, actually very cryptic. Uh, My first name starts with a J, Mm
2: -hmm. my
1: last name. It's nails. Wow! And an entirely unrelated course of events. I, my username is J Nails.
0: Wow! I would I would never yeah. have expected this. <laughs> so what about? I I thought maybe this is also a good place to ask Sean's question about your alts, or maybe just the first time, uh, the first the first part of that question, or maybe just a question that I have about your alts. But you have like a couple a couple of alternative uh, accounts and. How many have you got? And like, I know of Jane, Jane
1: Ailes. (laughs) So Jane Ailes, you'll never guess where that username came from. No,
0: it's like very creative.
1: (laughs) That's the one, I forget what the discussion was exactly that prompted it, but I think that I was, like, complaining to some other folks discussing, like, opening double copper versus just passing twice. Like, which one is better or worse? Mm -hmm. Uh, And we're wanting to experiment with that. And and for whatever reason, I was just like, what about opening two curses? How how, how bad could that be? And Mm -hmm. so that was the account that I I used just to, to... See how high if you get on the leaderboard, just opening with two curses every single game. Turns out that's actually an incredible impediment. <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> I think at the at the moment, like it's like level forty-five, which probably would be like fifty-ish if it were not very high mu. Um so like fifteen point handicap or so is my answer for how much opening double curse sets you back. It's surprisingly <laughs> difficult to win <laughs> when you've spent your first two turns doing nothing to help yourself and actively harm your deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other one I remember uh, I don't even remember what prompted it I think it was just out of the blue I i thought it would be funny to make an account uh, An alt account named The Alt in Our Stars Yeah,
0: that's the other one I know is you
1: And and get that onto the leaderboard Just for the sake of the pun So I made that account, I got it number one on the leaderboard And I am like, right, I'm, I'm made my joke And then I don't think I played on that much since There wasn't any grander design behind that Besides I thought it would be funny to have a, a pun name on the leaderboard
0: Is it only those two?
1: I uh, well I've got the there's there's that account that Cave gave me for the the Masked Player tournament. Okay. I actually, I forgot which one I was. I think I was Seize the Night, I think. That was the one where all the all the players had like Halloween themed names.
0: I know. Um. <laughs> and you gave yourself away.
1: I did. I remember the very first game, I just like bought a bunch of crypts, and all I the know. commenters were like, oh, that's obviously J Nails. Yes. And then when it came to voting, apparently everyone had already forgotten that, and like no one guessed me
2: correctly.
0: <laughs> I hadn't forgotten. Also, like, N.A. Smith gave it away a couple weeks later. But, yeah. Okay, so Key Nails is not you.
1: I have no idea who that is. I've, I've seen a number of other accounts with like puns on my name, and people like suspect that they're me i don't know who it is it could be a number of people who are just making jokes and stuff i don't know who the ki nails is i think there's there's a just a k nails at some point uh, never figured out those pants, but there's there's definitely imitators out there
0: mm-hmm. i see well
1: is it uh, j hammers that i can only suspect is also a pun on my name uh i've seen i've seen a few of them
0: must be must be um i forgot that we have to actually start with um, our predictions for um, the length of this interview that uh, Timo OK K mm. wanted us to make.
1: I have no idea. Um, like looking at the 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 planned schedule of questions, it doesn't look too daunting, and yet I'm led to believe that the trend for these podcasts has been ever growing in length.
0: Yes, and I'm very happy <laughs> if we don't continue this trend. Um also right. since we're not like since we're not tackling many of the usual dominion questions maybe we can keep it within the 2 hours that's maybe not a prediction but uh, a hope
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll trust you that I'll predict under 2 hours
0: okay great so your avatar um, for some reason well I know that you've been you had this, the the jack for a while now but for some reason mm-hmm. like to me you will always be the groom i don't i don't actually know how long you had that but for some reason that kind of uh um, imprinted on me so it's uh, it's very strange for one it's very strange to see you with the new <laughs> avatar that is not new anymore and there's another player who has the groom avatar now and it's very strange too um to see that <laughs> it's very confusing but can you talk about your choice of uh, the avatar please? Yeah,
1: there's there's nothing super deep behind it. Both the the groom picture and the Jack of all trades were just me thinking well, I'll, I'll look around the Dominion uh, artwork and try to find a nice picture. And so both of those are I think A just good art generally speaking, but also B they've got like the quality of an avatar. Like oh, there's a single like figure front and center in the art that makes it look like a like a representation of a person. Before that, I think all my avatars were just, like, things based on my name. Like, a picture of nails, like, that you <gasps> hammer. Oh, then, right. you know, like, a picture of, like, a, a hand with the nails being displayed prominently. Yeah. Um, things of that sort. Oh, I remember. At one point, I recall, for, like, a few weeks or so, there there was that thing where everyone was pretending to be Terra who had uh, the the Chica avatar. And so I remember there was a while where I had that, just so I could successfully imitate Terra um, for a little bit there oh. But yeah, the, the jack is just, it's a good art And I liked it, so I, I used it
0: Do you like the card? Uh, jack of all trades,
1: it's, it's a decent card It's, I'd say pretty solidly average Both, uh, power and enjoyability
0: Okay What's your favorite color?
1: My favorite color? Um, blue Like a royal blue Oh,
0: well. I'd say, I'll have to look that up
1: it's like a, like a, Anything, like a bright fluorescent or neon color I'd say is is a good choice Wrong answers would be anything like beige or tan, browns and burnt oranges and stuff. If if that's your favorite color, do some soul searching. Maybe see an eye doctor.
0: Whoa, okay, well this was a very short interview <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh oh. <laughs>
0: it's not Can't my favorite, favorite color. color No, it's not my mm. favorite color But it's not like I have a deep emotional problem with it Ooh. As some other people oh, yeah, de- seem to have
1: Definitely get that checked
0: <laughs> um, The last, um, my last introductory question is uh, Where's that hump from? The what? Like your, I don't know if it's a signature hum, but the the thing that you're humming when whenever you're waiting on, like, an opponent's oh. turn.
1: Oh, a hum. Yeah. I have no idea. I didn't even realize that I did this until people brought it up. They're like, hmm,
0: hmm,
2: hmm, Yeah. I
1: don't know where that came from. I have no idea why I, that is the, the thing that I did. It's like a pause for, you know, like, um, or uh. Yeah. And I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. It uh, never really even consciously occurred to me until, uh, you know, I, I started doing, you know, like live uh, commentary and people were like, why do you keep humming things? I'm like, what do you mean humming things?
0: <laughs> so unfortunately,
1: I can't, I can't even answer that question.
0: I find it interesting that sometimes I feel like um, people adopt like those humming things or whatever like people do from From other people, like I feel like Mick and Sykimetic have like very similar noises they make,
2: <laughs> but maybe
0: it's just a universal thing. who knows
1: <laughs> well, maybe i'll I'll start a trend
0: well, you probably already have um <laughs> so you wanna do the quiz first or the the warm up questions
1: uh either's fine by me.
0: Okay, then we'll do the warm-up, because we're not warm yet. Um, So, uh, as usual, ten questions, either or. You can, occasionally, if you have to, say both or neither. But if you can, please choose one. Okay.
1: Okay, I'm good to go.
0: Dominion or debate?
1: Uh, Or debate.
0: Dominion or chess? Dominion. Taya, Annette, or Floor? Wait, what are the options? The three Nightwish singers.
1: The three what singers?
0: <sighs> Nightwish, the band.
1: Oh, oh, you're oh the the middle one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, which I'm pretty sure is the least popular answer. I feel like everyone either likes like, the OG Nightwish lineup or likes the more modern one, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like the like the the songs in the middle there. I think are some of their best.
0: From an outsider's perspective, it's just really funny how that's like such a big point of contention with this band. Yes. Okay. Um, pets or siblings?
1: Mm. What? I'm sensing a bias because there's there's no chance that my pets would ever watch this.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> I'm gonna say pets anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, day or night?
1: Uh, ooh. Ah, nighttime.
0: Commentary with or without jaunts?
1: Ooh. I'll say with johns. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Goatheart or shepherd? Shepherd. Pizza or pasta? Pizza. Moana or Emperor's New Groove?
1: Ooh. Mmm, lots of coffee. It's been so long since I've seen Emperor's New Groove. I'll I'll say Emperor is new groove. I think they're both very good movies, though.
0: Yeah, I would be like I couldn't answer this question, so I'm happy no one's ever asked it. Uh, Dominion online or IRL? Uh,
1: I'm probably not qualified to answer this. So I've only played it IRL like twice in my life. <laughs> maybe maybe that answers the question in and of itself.
0: Well, yeah, that would have been my my next question yeah. <laughs> if you if you ever really played
2: it IRL. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, my second time, the first time I ever played it was just, I, was, I happened to be in California and then there was a tournament going on. I was like, I'll show up to that. Uh, and then the second time, flash forward like four years, just two weeks ago, I at a board game night and someone pulled out Dominion and I
0: was like, anyone know this game? I was like, I happen
1: to know that game a little bit.
0: <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Did they regret it?
1: I think they had a good time. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, that was also I think my first time ever playing four players because that's not a thing that I would do of my own accord and four player Dominion is a very different beast
0: yeah yeah definitely
1: it, like someone opened with a village because they're like oh yeah this card is just, like really good and so they bought it on their first turn and then everyone's like oh it must be really good this, this person is the one who owns the game they must you know what they're talking about and like, they all started buying villages and then they're like gone by like turn four <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: Did you buy a village as well? Did you take their their lead?
1: I I I got in on like one or two of them, um, mm. but yeah, like there was there was terminal draw in the kingdom, and so not having villages was like a nuisance. But I imagine not having a real deck was a bigger nuisance for everyone else.
0: <laughs> uh, so
1: it didn't, it, it didn't didn't seem worth it to engage in the village scramble.
0: <laughs> okay, well. Um, for your quiz question, I want to know, if you know, how many unique opponents you have played in League?
2: Ooh. Uh,
1: Johns is a unique opponent. Aww. Uh, so at least one.
0: <laughs> you heard so cute.
1: <laughs> hmm. hmm. I know, in terms of total distinct players I've played, oh my. Let's see. I don't even know how many seasons I've played, let alone unique opponents. I'm gonna guess... Fifty.
0: Ooh, not quite. Not quite, but it's an even number. But it's lower. It's a round number.
1: <laughs> you said not quite like it was close, but if the only similarity is that they're both even, it does not No, 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 not
0: confidence. even. It's like a round number as well. Okay. I mean, it's also even, <laughs> it but two. it's a round number.
1: <laughs> uh, okay. Forty.
0: Yes, correct. Okay. Nice. Okay, so that's that's uh, a genuine question from me uh, about card art. So what's your favorite card art, and what's your least favorite card art?
1: So the previous questions were not genuine, by extension?
0: Well, they were, but this one is maybe a question that I'm genuinely interested in, or more.
1: Okay, yeah, let's see. So favorite and least favorite card art... I've always really loved the the seaside triptych, where pirate ship, native village, and island. Where like they got the three separate card arts, and then you put them together, and then like the three mats make like a big design.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I've never actually played with seaside in person. <laughs> I haven't had to experience. It's like having <laughs> the mats next to each other, but mm-hmm. I've seen images of this, and it seems really cool to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I really like that one. Uh, Village is a classic. I think Village is easily the best art in the base set. And is really iconic just in terms of representing Dominion as a whole. So that one's great. And then uh, last one that comes to mind for favorites is I like the the werewolf and the vampire from Nocturne. The like, they're not really represented as clearly werewolf and vampire. There's like a, a clever subtlety there. Um, so those as well. Least favorite card art is just like absolutely anything that Maura Kolesky has ever done. All of, all of theirs are terrible. That's the one who did... Uh, Navigator, Harem, Pearl Diver, Shanty Town. If just like look up any of those, and and you'll wish that you hadn't. They're all. Aww.
0: <laughs> so the more like comic comic style ones.
1: That that's insulting to comics. They're just, they're like they're, they're bad. It's like like just, okay. yeah, like, there's like better cartoony ones out there. Like is Changeling... Pockets from most recent expansion? Okay. Or Changeling.
0: Okay, so that's that's not the same artist.
1: No, Moro just did those four that I listed from oh. Intrigue and Seaside. Okay, yeah. I see. Some of the I'm not a big fan of the cartoony ones myself, just in general, mostly be, not not like intrinsically, but just because they don't match up with the the broader theme of most cards, and so they kind of stand out. But like just evaluated on their own merits, Changeling is fine, and King of Pickpockets is fine, and so forth. But I mean, you, you look at Shantytown, and you will re- revolt in terror. <laughs> it's not a pretty card. So harsh. Well, I mean, we're talking about the worst of the worst here. My, my opinion on those particular cards is going to be quite horrible.
0: Sure, sure. So we've talked a lot about, like, Dominion stuff in... Like, we have talked about it last year, and you have talked about it in the other interviews before, but I don't think I've asked you about the Desert Island. Um, so if you're going to the Desert Island... Um, where you can only bring the base set in one expansion, what would the expansion be?
2: Hmm.
1: For the most part, I think the better expansions are just all the recent ones. So, you know, like anything Adventures and Onwards. Uh, I guess if I if I have to play an expansion that's only ever going to get paired with the base cards, well, then maybe Renaissance, I would say, is, is probably like the most similar to base among the good expansions. Because it's like relatively simple i think design speaking I'll also renaissance but anything like no i was gonna say anything adventures onwards would do and that's not true nocturne while a good expansion is like it's not a an expansion i want to bring because you don't want a kingdom that's like 50 percent nocturne nocturne is like you throw in one or two and the kingdom gets better yeah you, you have like five or six and it gets weird
0: Ah, sadness that's not a
1: problem that just means it's a good it's a good later expansion it's a bad like only expansion
0: okay would you bring like an another expansion if it was if you would only bring an expansion and not base?
2: Ooh, uh
1: maybe depends on who I'm expecting to play with, which I'm actually kind of confused by because if I want a deserted island, that might just be nobody. Like if I, if I'm going to encounter like people native to the island who've never seen Dominion before, I probably want to bring base so that I can you know t- teach them the game in simple terms. If I'm like trapped on an island with you know, jaunts or someone, God forbid. Um, maybe we just skip base and bring, like, menagerie <laughs> and adventures or something.
0: <laughs> maybe you can bring Bijou. Have you, have you taught Bijou how to play mm. Dominion yet? Is what A.L.B. wanted to know.
1: I have not. I don't think her attention span is long enough for that.
0: Hmm. Do you think he, she might try to eat the cards <laughs> or tokens or something?
1: I would not put it past her. She has this problem with, like, you know, like, all of her, her toys, she just, like, loves, like, eating them, like, not not things that are supposed to be eaten, you know, like like ropes and stuff. Mm-hmm. You, you leave the rope out, and you'll just, you'll see her like lying on the floor, like chewing little bits of the rope off. So if she's willing to eat like strands of rope, I would I would not be surprised if she ate tokens or cards or mats or okay like, whatever else comes in a physical dominion box. I'm really not
0: sure. Keep the box somewhere hidden on the on the <laughs> island so she doesn't get to it.
2: You have to bury it.
0: Yeah. Do you have any players you are always looking forward to playing against, and if so, who are they? Johns.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, John's is always a unique experience, so he's up there. I also really enjoy playing Crabcat, too, because usually whenever we're in the same league together, he'll agree to, you know, some random stipulations on the match, uh, <laughs> force in a bunch of random cards to make it more fun. That's always an, an enjoyable experience.
0: Hmm. And who... Do you have anyone you would like to play against that you haven't played against yet?
1: Ooh. Uh, yeah, people that come to mind. I've never been in the same division as Swordfish Trombone. Um, mm. I believe that's the player who really enjoys four landscape kingdoms, which is understandable. Landscapes are great. And I, w- I would love to, to match against them and just be able to play uh, four landscapes in all the games. That would be lovely. Uh, aside from that... Uh, I would love to play Donald X. That would be Donald I man Maybe I have. Maybe Donald X. has like a secret account that he plays on. And we, we met and I didn't know it. But does
0: he play on
1: the man himself? I I don't know. I don't. He his his you know, official account on the website has zero games. Hmm. But I I would have to assume that at some point or other he has played a game of Dominion two in his life, if only for you know practical purposes of Bold testing Bold assumption. Bold. And so I would. <laughs> I suspect I he'd be he'd be quite good at the game, but that's an uh, an assumption that I would like to see tested.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, I, I've I've no idea. Like you, you would think that if, if he's been spending you know a, over a decade theorizing Dominion, that he's he's got to built up quite some knowledge. But yeah, I've never, never seen it in
0: action. There's this one video where Mick, Dan, Steph, and Donald X play, but it's it's been I I don't think I saw I the f- the full thing of it, but it's uh, it's been a couple of years, I think. Um, so they played four player. It was entertaining. Four player. Hmm. So swordfish, trombone, and Donalex. That's uh seems seems doable.
1: The two natural answers I'm sure everyone would give.
0: Uh huh. <laughs> Do you have um since last year or since we last spoke? Which was in September. Um, do you have any recent memorable moments um, or matches that you'd like to share?
1: There was one game I played recently in the ladder uh, versus someone who was in the '60s. So it was kind of competitive. Uh, where the, the the deck that ended up winning uh, was it was the, the kingdom had like black market and gamble and stuff, so you could you could tell it was going to be like some shenanigans, hmm. but it was harvest giant engine and they pulled a gatekeeper from the black market which otherwise would have shut this whole thing down because then it stops you from getting any black market cards except that i ended up with both an herbalist and a royal seal with the herbalist can top deck the royal seal to bypass the gatekeeper to keep the the harvest giant engine afloat at some point in their merchant ship and silk road end up getting pulled from the black market it was just like like if you just like list off every bad card in dominion somehow all of them came together to make like <laughs> the exactly the <laughs> correct deck and so that was that one stood out to me
0: i'm trying to imagine it but i'm uh, i'm failing but it sounds glorious
1: it's one of those games where it is like i i see gamble in the kingdom and like i want to pursue that cuz it's fun not necessarily cuz it's good and then you somehow stumble into a good deck at the end of all of this stuff
2: <laughs> like
1: I'm pretty sure it would have fallen apart if I hadn't gotten like four or five lucky black market pulls, like finding the the royal seal, and at some point merchant guild showed up, a bunch of really good stuff.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. Good times. I think I'm just like uh, afraid. I'm scared. I'm scared <laughs> by gamble just because I don't really understand it. But it's it's the thing. Like yeah. with the landscapes, there are a lot of, that I don't really, I haven't fully understood yet how to how to make them work.
1: Gamble's a really weird one. Uh, I I just, like, crashed and burned badly versus someone, I think, in the 40s, uh, like, in the past week, because I saw Gamble, and I was like, oh, this will be fun, and then I started doing some convoluted stuff, and meanwhile, there's, like, just of the provinces. So, like, that can happen. <laughs> but the way you get better at those things is by experimenting with them. So I feel like if I'm on ladder and I see Gamble, there's, like, a 95% chance I'm going to try to do something silly with it.
0: Yeah, yeah. We talked a little bit about this the last time, but um, you said you played ladder just to relax because it's um it's mm-hmm. fun to you how do you deal with losing matches or games
2: oh
1: i i just wouldn't do that if you don't like losing just try to avoid that
0: you just don't lose
1: <laughs> I, yeah that i mean that tends to to fix the problem um but no like, like you were saying i i don't view it as like a super competitive thing you know i got into the menu a the game and I, I think it's fun so uh, I don't think I can give great advice to people who are, like, you know, really invested in, you know, wins and losses because I've, I've never really had that problem too much myself. Hmm. I think probably, the, like, the worst of it is, like, if I'm in a match uh and I'm, like, kind of losing but not quite enough to resign, I often end up just getting kind of, like, overly introspective on my opponent's turns where I'm like, where, where did this go wrong? And trying to go back and like scrutinize all my decisions to figure out where I made a mistake. Uh, and that can come at the detriment of like paying attention to the, the game that's ongoing. But by and large, I, I don't think I'm the, the type to take losses uh too badly. And I know people out there are like that. and I'm just not particularly qualified to give advice on how to deal with that because it's not something that I've encountered myself.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah. I've been trying to get like in a better mindset about the about the game, but I don't I, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's hard. I don't I don't let her. Or very rarely. Um if I don't have to, I don't do it. And since I don't have to, I'm not doing it. It's great. Oh, there was a last minute question another question from Sean, but this one was last minute. Okay. And he wanted to know it's a bit convoluted have you found that you have bought gold less than you probably should due to having popularized the concept of not buying gold you do sometimes buy gold but have you found the anti-gold persona has actually hurt your mm. dominion a bit or is gold so bad that not buying it ever is not going to cost you much value
1: oh that's a good question my guess is you'd probably factor in like one to two percent at least of the the, the gain rate disparity for, you know, to something like that, where like it's was, it was already kind of the case that I didn't, I didn't buy gold a whole lot because, you know, it's a bad card. And then you, you kind of get known for like, oh, that, yeah, Jacob doesn't buy golds. Um, and that means that like there, there'll be cases on the on the ladder where you you can make like a marginal decision like ah hey, gold this other card who knows in, in those cases I might uh I might avoid buying gold just for the you know the the, the sheer meme value of never buying golds <laughs> and that probably means like I think my gold is probably like ten percent gain like I get in ten percent of games when maybe it should be like twelve or thirteen percent if I you know being like purely strategic but like I said a second like I'm largely laddering for fun and so you also see me buy transmute all the time and always quick gamble 100 times a game. And so those stats aren't necessarily indicative of optimal play um, (laughs) across the board, (laughs) let alone with gold. Or like, I remember distinctly there was a match I had with N.A. Smith where like the key strategy in that game involved uh, using charms to gain golds and hirelings. And so there was an important question of whether you buy the hireling and gain the gold or buy the gold and gain the hireling. Mm -hmm. Naturally, I would buy the, the hireling mm-hmm. in the gold. Of course. Whereas N.A. Smith intentionally did the opposite um, <laughs> out of spite. Yes. Um, so, you know, situations like that definitely influencing the stats.
0: <laughs> I remember, um, I think that was one of your uh, matches against John's. That was a transmute game. And it was, I think you won that one. And it was very, very surprising. <laughs>
1: I remember that. Oh, I think I think it was a tie. That was, it's the game, of, I mean, it, there could have been multiple transmute games. It's the one I'm thinking of. I think it was, like, way back and forth. Like, I was in the lead. I somehow blew a lead for reasons other than the transmute, although that might have also played a factor. And then John's had a win. John's missed the win. And then it ended up in a tie at the end of all of it. It was, that was, it was quite the show. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That was, that was, and then later there was a pirate ship game in the same match. Yeah, I,
0: I don't remember you, the pirate ship, but I, <laughs> I distinctly yeah. remember the transmute. Yeah, <laughs> That yeah. was fun. So, Ask a Boy wanted to know what your favorite tournaments twist would be about. Twist as in uh, four events.
1: Yeah, so I'm off the bat, anything like that, I would definitely enjoy. Like I said, I like landscapes, they're some of the best card shaped things. And so all the variations of like four events or one of each you know landmark event project and way, like all those I think I like a lot. allies um, of turn
0: is ally LA a landscape too?
1: Oh, allies, uh, I forgot those existed. Yeah, those count <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll count allies that's actually kind of a I've never thought about that before, I guess just because they're still kind of new. Do they count? Hmm, because they're like kind of, kind of a landscape, but kind of not, because they're you know, intrinsically tied to one particular card in the kingdom, and then the ally is really just kind of specifying what the card... I don't know. That's that's a question we'll have to ponder. Do allies count as landscapes or not? I was and, just going
0: and, by by form, because they're a yeah. shape, like not form.
1: You're right, they are, they are factually an, a landscape orientation, but you know... <laughs> Ontologically, do they have the <laughs> innate characteristics of a landscape? I don't know. I'll have to give that serious consideration.
0: Yes, please get back to me about it.
1: Yes. Anyways, other tournaments I've liked, I liked some of the the mixes that weren't based on a particular expansion. So like the the draw to X mix, I think it's called hand mix, but it was like kingdoms centered around like in, interacting with your hand. So like discarding lots of stuff with the or drawing back of a library. Those are fun decks. Mm-hmm. Friendly mix was a nice one because attacks was the worst. Mm. Uh, if I had to pick a tournament that hasn't happened yet, I would try to make like a a gamble mix oh, no. where like every kingdom has gamble, and then you force in a bunch of cards that are like really good when you click gamble a million times, so like courthouse and so forth, uh, and so that every kingdom you have a strong incentive to do the the weird gamble centric non standard engine. I would enjoy that a lot. I don't know if I would be good at it or not, but I would enjoy it a lot.
0: Have you ever hosted a tournament?
1: Have I ever hosted a tournament? I have not.
0: And you, I feel like you play in almost every tournament, at least it, it feels like it. But very no, many. No,
1: I think I'm hit or miss in terms of which tournaments I sign up to. Often depends on like the time of the year. I consistently play in League is the one I play most often.
0: Mm-hmm. What's it like to play test new cards?
1: Playtesting new cards is a good question. It, I feel like it's really not that different in terms of the experience that you'd get just playing the cards right when they come out. You know, like, uh, the first day the expansions drop and you get, you play all the new cards. Like, I, I always enjoyed that, that week, like the the first week when everything is coming out, like for Menagerie or for, uh, Renaissance, which I, I didn't playtest any of those. The, the, like, the release week is great. And I don't get to experience the, the sheer fun of release week because I've already played with all the cards and so they're not new to me. Mm-hmm. But it's like that experience is just like a little bit earlier. Like, oh, look, these are cool new cards. What can you do with those? That's always fun. Downsides are these are often like still in development. And so sometimes they're like, they're a little bit buggy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so, you know, everyone, everyone's going to be like a card that's just like, oh, the problem is it doesn't work right. Uh, and so you, you got to deal with that um but like that's part of why you're playtesting if to find the bugs but yeah i don't know i can't give too many specific examples i don't think because by by its nature i'm not supposed to but uh, (laughs) i've I've enjoyed playtesting it's it's a fun time
0: so allies has been the the first expansion that you've playtested
1: Uh, allies was the first one i playtested i don't think i can say anything more (laughs)
0: Okay. <laughs> I was, I, I considered like going, going back through like our, yeah. our interview like from September because you were, you said something about allies and I was, I wasn't sure if that was like supposed to, uh, to get out there. But I think it was.
1: I, I definitely said something that was totally nonsense and had no basis in reality.
0: Okay. Great. Uh, yeah. That's yeah, what I thought. I, I, I think
1: I, <laughs> I speculated about how I liked how allies, uh, you know, made Dominion now properly two on two game. Because, yes, you know, you can play with allies now. Yeah, 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 um,
2: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So silly. Um, yeah. Well, we can now. Maybe I I release the. Maybe I, I can release the the, the, the uncut yeah. version now. The uncensored one. <laughs> um, the, so, oh. the
1: concerted disinformation campaign.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, how could I know, right? I was, like, concerned. <laughs> <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Although, of course, with you, there's always a good chance that it's, um, it's a joke. I would never. I know, I know. That's what you said last time, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so what are your thoughts on, on allies?
1: Mm. Allies the expansion, allies the card type. Both. so off the bat the name could use a little work just because of that got this confusion <laughs> to the question it's like oh do you like allies with the allies allies with the allies in the allies maybe you could call like the expansion dominion alliance and then call the card type allies or you know, something to, to distinguish it a little bit so there's mm-hmm. that
2: mm-hmm.
1: by and large i think it's a good expansion i'd probably put it in like probably the top quarter or so of expansions i like it i like a lot of the cards swap is excellent that's a uh, definitely the best card in the set Downsides. Very attacky. It's mean. Mm -hmm. You got like barbarian, utterly barbaric warlord, arch nasty, nasty cards. Mm -hmm. I'd liked how like I feel like you know Renaissance and the Monastery were like they were they were kind of light on the attacks. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't. don't, I'm a nice guy. I don't. I don't want (laughs) to. You just want to
0: gamble, gamble to to win. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly, exactly. I just want to press my luck. That probably might be my biggest downside. Is it's a return to like a more attack-heavy games, like strong attacks and stuff. But overall, I like it.
0: Mm-hmm. So, Li, the maybe landscape.
1: I think, despite it, like it. It seems like it ought to be the the focal point of the expansion because you know it's the the thing that's in the name. Mm-hmm. To me, it has not been what stood out. I think allies are like fine, uh, depending on the ally. Some of them are interesting. Some of them like mm, they're okay. Um, provisionally, assuming that they are landscapes, I'd probably put them like about on the same tier as ways in that regard. Where like some of them are interesting. Some of them are like this is generic um, below projects and events, still above landmarks. Um, to me I I think the main things that stuck out to me with with allies were really not any of the like broader themes in the set, like the rotating piles. I think those are fine for the allies. I think those are fine. It mm-hmm. is like individually speaking, I think a lot of the cards are like interesting, well balanced. Like I said, swap is a nice one. Some of the individual cards within those rotating piles I think uh strike me as interesting. Like I like Lick and um Herb Gatherer A lot of the the new durations and stuff, like Royal Galley are interesting. What's the really strong one in the forts pile? The second one? Garrison? Garrison. Garrison. Yeah, that's a good one. Garrison. Um, Yeah, so to to me, that's what stuck out to me about the expansion. Individually speaking, I think a lot of the cards are good. Separate from, like, do I like the the themes within the set that they're going for.
2: Hmm.
0: You pronounce the the wizard number four, you say Lich?
1: It should be, what is it? It's Lich... It, it's not a word I use often enough to like have a natural pronunciation. It should be lich, right?
0: I have no idea. I'm just um, I'm just going with whatever everyone else is saying, other than uh, I don't, I don't Wizard Four. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: Do you say marquee.
1: Yeah, clearly marquee. Cl- clearly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, just, I don't know how else you'd pronounce it.
0: Me either, said Rosa. Don't listen. <laughs>
1: I've been led to believe certain folks mispronounce it as, like, Marquis or something.
0: It's so strange. That's
1: just, that is... Misguided. Folly.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes.
1: Hogwash. (laughs) Poppycock.
0: I'm, like, I'm undecided about allies, like the maybe landscape Um, as of now. I feel like they're really handy sometimes, and then there are... Sometimes they are handy, but they are so cumbersome like Band of Nomads, for example, where you just just like so much clicking involved.
1: <laughs> it is clicking.
0: Ugh, I actually think
1: Band of Nomads is one of the ones I like more because it it does like weird stuff that you got to think about sometimes. Like I've definitely misplayed it a number of times. And to me, that's the mark of a good card is that it's not trivial to figure out how to do it right. Uh, so I, I put that one up there. The ones I think I like the least are the ones where... It doesn't feel like enough of an incentive to like invest in one of the liaisons.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There's a number where I'm like, oh, this would be like a nifty effect to have. I like that I, I like that I have it like at the start of the game, but I'm not going to go buy a contract or a mm-hmm. new guild master. I, I should know these cards better than I do, um, like just to get this thing. Uh, and that's probably the, the biggest downside to me. Like, oh, the inventors one, family of inventors. Like that's a cool effect. I like the like when it gets used. It mm-hmm. has like a a real interesting effect on the game, but it's often like not a thing that I'm gonna go out of my way to get favors just to use. And so that's probably my my biggest drawback with some of them is how, like they don't or like they just don't push you to get the the favors off sometimes.
0: Um, yeah, yeah, when they do,
1: when they do, they're good.
0: I just um, um, I don't know. I'm always so greedy. I'm like I don't want to use family yeah. of inventors because the <laughs> other person can yeah. like get yeah, the same exactly. benefit. That's not that's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to help them. It has,
1: it's like this reverse embargo effect, where yeah. like, this effect is not going to benefit you and your opponent equally or harm them, and it's like really hard to decide, like, in terms of these piles, which of these benefits me most relative to my opponent, and that can be a hard thing to decide.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I do My favorite part of the allies, I will say, is that you start with a favor. I really enjoy all the stuff that gives you interesting and unique decisions at the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, the Baker token, for example. And so... I really like, separate from the the liaisons, just starting the game with one favor that you can use on those random effects. I think that's my favorite part of the allies, the landscape-ish, as opposed to allies, the expansion.
0: Yeah, I like it when you have importer, so you start with the five favors and then you get like mountain folk or island folk.
2: <laughs>
0: Unless importer is the only liaison, that's sad, yeah. but.
1: I don't mind importers-only liaison sometimes. It, like, oh, I gotta figure out how to manage these, which mm-hmm. I think usually means just spending them early because it's important to you know, get your deck started early. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you're like, I, maybe I should hold on to desert guides in case I have a dud later or stuff like that. So I, I, even importers-only liaison, I think can be interesting because I, I, I like starting the game with the things. I think that's my favorite part.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that concludes the Dominion part of this interview then uh we had a couple other other questions first of which team okay wanted to know if you are doing anything special with your <laughs> irl nails either the ones on your fingers mm. and toes or the ones that you use in construction
1: uh, alas i am no woodworker so i have nothing to say about uh the construction type nails my fingers... Uh, I guess one interesting fact is my thumbs. Uh, I have incredibly wide nails on my thumbs because my thumbs are short and stubby. I think that is called brachydactyly. But I do have to remember the name. I just Google Megan Fox thumbs because I know she has the same thing. Actually, here. You, you can attest to this. If you look at my, my thumbs, you'll see that they are yeah. incredibly short and fat. Mm-hmm. Which means the thumbnail is just like absurdly wide.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It, um, so that... That That's the size of it. I don't do anything in particular with my nails, but I have, um, since birth, I've said very, very wide thumbnails, um, which takes a whole lot of extra effort to, to clip. Like, if you're trimming your nails, it's like a whole two extra trims, which is, you, you know, add that up over the course of a lifetime, and it's a real burden.
0: Oh, no. Have you ever yeah. painted your nails? Probably a
1: few times. I mean it's not something I generally do. I do distinctly recall as a young child when I was at my grandma's house, she had her like nail polish and I don't know, it was probably like four or five and I was like, Oh, nail polish, I wanna use it. And so she let me use it. Uh and that was probably the first time I ever painted my nails. And I think once or twice at other points, I've for like you know, like some reason or other had reason to like dress up as a woman. Like I remember we were doing like a little camp play, uh and so I painted my nails for that. Mm-hmm. Uh nothing I make a regular practice of. I don't own nail polish myself. Mm-hmm. hmm mm-hmm. Sorry to disappoint Team OK.
0: Well, we don't know what they expected, so who knows?
1: Fair. maybe they're just zealously anti nail painting and I've maybe I've I've engaged in too much nail painting in my life to um <laughs> satisfy them. I'm sorry in that regard as well.
0: <laughs> we are we are sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Mm, let's let's tackle all of sean's questions next okay sean said or wants to know when and why did you stop eating meat are you a full-on vegan or vegetarian and is that difficult in your part of the country
1: the easiest answer is why i distinctly recall back in high school i was on the debate team uh, and one of the topics i remember my senior year the first topic for the first two months of the season was resolved justice requires a recognition of animal rights and so i had to debate that and you know the, the way that works is you have to be prepared to argue both sides of it you'll argue for and against that over the course of two months a, a bunch of times and you know it's something i never even like really thought about for seriously and, and you know hadn't really even considered it growing up and so uh I hadn't really given any consideration. And then you start researching it, and, you know, you, you got to, if you want to win, take seriously the other side, and you're just like, oh, these arguments are actually pretty good. No, oh, maybe they're too good. Wait, why do I even again? <laughs> why didn't I already do this? Uh, yeah, so it was like over the course of debating that over two months, I just ended up thinking like some of the, the arguments for inferior animals are like really compelling. Like the studies on animals' intelligence, the, you know, responses to pain are shockingly sophisticated. And uh, okay, maybe maybe I'm actually kind of persuaded that these little buggers have rights after all. And so that was the the beginning of my senior year of high school. And then a slightly delayed reaction once I moved out into college at the end of the senior year. I was like, ah, now's a good time as any. And so for basically the whole of my adult life, I've just not eaten meat. The weirdly, as far as the wind goes... The, definitely between high school and college is when it happened. I don't remember like exactly like the day or the time that I was like, all right, now's the time I'm taking the plunge. And so I've like, always kind of wondered like, what was like the last meal I had? Or I was like, I'm gonna have a going away steak or something like that. Or this is my <laughs> first meal, you know, giving up meat. Like I would, I would think in retrospect that, that should have been like a significant point. But I literally like, don't even recall in the slightest um, the exact point, except to say that it was after high school, before college, somewhere in there. I was just thinking, all right finally going to get around to it i think it's because i'd resolved myself for a while that i was going to do it and so like the exact point was never significant um about the, the part of the country definitely is not common around here i've lived in the deep south my whole life and so you don't you don't see that very much i don't think i can name anyone in my city or like in my extended family that oh other aside from me who's uh doesn't eat meat
2: Really? Uh, and so
1: yeah it, it is uncommon I, I lived in like downtown atlanta for a little while which is like the the least deep South place in the Deep South, and so like that was a very different experience. But like by and large, it's not not super common. So like if I'm at like a family get together, and they've even got like veggie patties, and they're like, oh that's 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 good. I'll, I'll take it. Take what you can get. Wow. Yeah. I will say the the biggest difference I've noticed is at like fast food chains. You'll see that like like if you're on the West Coast in the U.S., like out in California, they'll have like a million and one veggie options. Like Panda Express in the West Coast has this. Eggplant uh, tofu thing that I think is delicious, and then I was like, oh, I love Panda Express, and I came back over here after visiting cali and I was like, oh, I love Panda Express. Now Then I went to like all the local ones, they don't have that. Mm-hmm. I was so disappointing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> your, your favorite dish, they don't they don't have it. They only serve like whatever the meat entrees are, or like the subways out in the West Coast will have like the veggie patties, and they usually don't carry that here. Stuff like that. You'll see like little differences in terms of like. Even national chains, you'll see less of the, the non meat stuff in certain regions in my yeah. experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah, here it's like it it even depends on the the borough you're in. Borough. Like the district, mm-hmm. the city district. Where if you go like in the center, like you find whole sets of vegan the vegan shelves and, and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then the same the same chain but like more more at the city limits, you just you have, like, your basic, like, soy milk or soy drink and stuff, but that's it.
1: Yep. Probably pretty similar.
0: Yeah. So you're a vegetarian? Yeah. Yeah. I see.
1: I do I do, I do love soy milk. Soy milk is great. Almond milk hit or miss. Almond milk's great in cereal, but I don't enjoy drinking it so much.
0: Uh, um, it reminds me too much of marzipan, and I can't. I can't. So <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, like, very yeah. solidly in the oat camp.
1: I am not even sure if you even had oat milk. Uh, I I actually distinctly remember just in like the last day or two, my favorite chess YouTuber was just praising the virtues of oat milk, so maybe I'll have to try it.
0: Yeah, try it. <laughs> it's great. I feel like soy milk just has this very distinct taste, and also like if you have like cakes or anything, like if you bake with it, it's just it covers the the other the flavors. I feel mm, like that's fair. so I don't I can't really. I mean. If I had no choice, sure. But since I do have choices, I'm more <laughs> in in the oat camp.
1: So take a look at oat milk. Yeah. Seems like that's the new thing.
0: <laughs> they also have um like oats oat milk cocoa, which is very yummy. Oh. Like the you don't have to do you don't have to make the cocoa yourself, but you can just buy it.
1: I've always made my hot chocolate with water, ever, as long as I can remember. And apparently that is an unpopular opinion. Most folks use milk.
0: Mm, I think so, but I rarely drink it hot. I don't really like hot beverages. I only drink them when I'm sick or when it's Christmas.
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely a winter drink to my mind. Mm. But in the in the winter, I'm a big fan of hot chocolate.
0: Mm. So you don't get like, you you don't have the classic like vegan vegetarian products and stuff? At your like local supermarkets, just like
1: supermarkets, I think are are most are mostly fine. You're definitely, when you, when you're shopping at a at a supermarket, you'll you'll mostly see the same run of the mill stuff. Uh, I would say the the differences I notice are mostly more at like restaurants. Like, mm. You're less likely to see a restaurant have a specific section, mm-hmm. um, but like Wal- Walmart's going to be Walmart, you know, no matter where you're at. I mean, plus, like, y- even things that aren't explicitly labeled, like, vegan and vegetarian, like, every grocery store is going to have, like, a produce section and so forth. So if you're if you're shopping, it's, I wouldn't say it's a major impediment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Like, um, so there there are more and more explicitly, like, vegan and vegetarian restaurants around here, which is great. <laughs> like, apart from, like, Indian restaurants and yep. Asian restaurants that are, like, <laughs> usually also just always had vegan options or vegetarian options but I'm always I'm so overwhelmed when I'm at an like explicitly vegan restaurant and you can just like eat everything (laughs) it's
2: just like so
0: many options (laughs) not used to this (laughs) usually it's just uh, one choice
1: (laughs) yeah like I I actually have come to appreciate when you're at a restaurant and it's like all right there's three things my choice is very simple I don't to scrutinize the whole menu
2: yes um
1: yeah
0: it's, uh, it's much easier. But uh I'm not complaining. Like Berlin yep. is pretty much a vegan wonderland. Um <laughs> So Sean also wanted to wanted you to talk about Pijou. You said you had like multiple pets.
1: Uh just the one. Okay. Uh my, my previous dog, Dixie, passed away last year. So there was a brief overlap there where I had two dogs. Um hmm. but for about better part of a year now. bg J's been the only pet.
0: Mm-hmm. So you're more a, a dog person.
1: Yes, I feel like sorry, cat people. I, like, I don't dislike cats, but cats feel like pets for people who don't like pets. Like what? they're they're lower upkeep if if you're you know not super invested in the animal. Um, like, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. Um, but they're also like they're, they're lower affection. Like I've I've had cats in my house growing up and so forth, and it's just like oh, like the, the, the cat is involved, but they're they're like. They maintain their distance. Cats is more like a roommate that you, you see every once in a while when you're, like, coming and going. than <laughs> it is like a family member. Dogs are family. Cats are... Uh,
0: Acquaintances. Residents. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: But cats are so cute. And they're so elegant. They're so beautiful.
1: Sure, but so are dogs. I'd say at that, that point... Counts equally for both.
0: So um, agreed to disagree. Like on
1: the, on the spectrum of, on the spectrum of animals, you like dogs, and then you got cats, and then it's like fish, and then pet rocks, and then like no pets at all. The like cat cats are they're they're on the spectrum of of petness, but they're not full on pets.
0: <laughs> okay, I guess I don't I don't have any pets, but if I would, I feel like I'm I'm always intimidated by the idea of having a dog because. I feel like dogs are so needy.
1: See, people who don't have pets like cats more. Cats are pets for people who don't like pets. (laughs) You're you're not disproving my point here.
0: I mean, the thing is, like, I would already have a cat if I had a bigger apartment, which I don't have. And I don't want to, like, confine a cat, like, to my shoebox apartment. So
1: (laughs) that's fair. And You could go the the pre cat step, which is just like have a fish or something in a bowl.
0: No, that's like terrible.
1: Tamagotchi.
0: Okay, yeah that 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 would work. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I could see if I if I can take care, yeah. uh, take care yeah. of that.
1: I don't I I don't get I don't get fish. We had fish when I was really young, and they feel more like a like an art piece though. Yeah, like, what you, you don't you don't you don't do anything with your fish. Like oh look, I, there's fish.
0: Yeah, I know, right? I want to touch. Yeah. I want to touch. <laughs> I can't touch fish, <laughs> so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a problem.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, yeah. Sean also uh, suggested that we use um, uh-huh. Bijou as uh, for the cover.
1: I-, I can get a picture of Bijou.
0: Nice. That's great. I'll use a a panda, a panda picture, I guess. Ah. I-, I can see it in my mind already. It's gonna be beautiful. Okay, so debate. I also want to talk about debate. It's not only Sean. I want that for for the record. (laughs) Um, First of all, my question about debate is, so many years ago, when I was visiting the US for the first time, um, I also went with someone to their debate meeting, whatever.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: And um, the thing that I remember most from that, like thing was that um everyone was talking really fast
2: <laughs>
1: yep that, that is that's the main takeaway
0: is that still the thing and if so why is that
1: yes uh so anyone listening who's unfamiliar you can probably google it and you'll see people will speak at like 400 words a minute in at least some debate events and i would say it depends on the event you're competing in there's you know a number of different styles with different standards for that uh and the basic answer is this. if you're competing like locally say you're going to like a tournament and you're you for the weekend you're probably getting you know parent volunteers or teachers and for those people you're you're gonna speak at like the same rate of pace as everyone else and you'll get what you would expect you know a debate to look like this is like and i do declare blah blah, blah 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 um at the bigger competitions and again this this is dependent on the event but you'll get judges who are more like experienced judges and the focus is a lot more on the arguments rather than the presentation. So it's not so much like, did you say this well, as like, did you answer each argument point by point? And in that context, there's a lot of strategic incentive to get out as many points as you can. Not just in terms of like total number of points, but like total number of things to say about a given point, right? Like you want to introduce more studies or you have more bones to pick with theirs. And so the, the meta just kind of evolves in a direction of speaking very fast. And it's not even so much like a actively, like I want my opponent to miss stuff or like not catch it as, as you kind of accept that you're both going to do that. And you're doing that because you got a lot of things to say in a finite amount of time. And so like a collegiate debate, for example, is incredibly fast because you know, they're all very experienced at that point. Um, but yeah, it's not all like that. It depends on your event. I've judged, you know, rounds where it's like incredibly slow. I've judged ones that it's you know, maximum speed um you see differences based on both the event and like how big a deal it is the more national you get more competitive you get the faster it'll get
0: how do you how do you even judge that when someone's talking so fast do you like record it and then listen to it and like half speed
2: Uh,
1: no, if you do it often, you just kind of get used to it and note taking is, is definitely essential. So like if I'm judging, I have an Excel sheet open mm-hmm. and I'm just typing stuff down as they as they go and then I'll review that afterwards. If you're debating, you probably are doing something similar. Uh, when I was debating, I often wrote it down on paper. You have shorthand, uh, where you know, like, you abbreviate a lot so that you can write that fast. Uh, I just remember an episode of, might have been cold case, one of those like crime dramas. Where this is like a ludicrous um, portrayal, but not like totally inaccurate, in which the murderer had written like a threatening note in debate shorthand, because the murderer had like murdered their debate partner or something, and they like scribbled it down with a bunch of symbols that no one could decipher, and so the, like the, the detectives were going around trying to find someone who could decipher the shorthand, and then the, the people were like, well, you can't, everyone uses their own, there's no one who can tell you what this means, but the person who wrote it. And like that was like actually the plot of like some crime drama in one of the US shows here. And, like, that's silly, but not, like, totally inaccurate in that people just kind of develop their own shorthand for writing more quickly. Uh, and so you'll see a lot of abbreviations stuff like that. And so you're, you're definitely taking thorough notes, either as a competitor or as a judge. But, you know, chances are people listening can't understand what's going on.
0: How did you start debate? And what do you like about it?
1: My... Parents told me I was too argumentative and I should join the debate team <laughs> in middle school. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, yeah sure, I'll do it. Uh, and so then when I got to high school and ninth grade, I'm signing up for clubs. I'm like, oh, a debate team. Well, I'll go do that. And yeah, like when I, when I started, I was very much of the same mind. I was like, why do you ever want to talk fast? I just want to do like the slow persuasive stuff. And then you get more competitive at it and you're like, I got a lot to say. And then you start getting faster and you're like, oh, that's why they do it. And so then I'd say as as time went on, like I debated in high school and college, you, you end up progressing naturally towards the, the the fast speaking style that you thought was weird when you started and that happened with me and happens to most folks.
2: hmm
0: Did you did you speak like that fast before? Or did that come with debate?
1: I've been told that I speak very quickly, and I have to imagine that as something of a byproduct of debate. I don't know. Certainly this is not the like the rate of speech I'd speak in a like an actual competition ends up being much faster.
0: Can you can you give a sample?
1: I could probably find recordings to me. It is something I will say that if you want to speak that fast, that requires a lot more active practice than if you want to like be able to follow, you know, that, that quickly. And so if you're looking to be competitive, a lot of the people at the high end will do regular speaking like practice and speaking drills where like you just practice reading at a fast rate of speed. And I I haven't competed since college, and so I would be well uh, probably out of shape Um, but I'm sure I can find a a sample of me speaking at that speed um, back when I was in good form if we want to add that in or something.
3: I will concede no RBI's because Hard Debate is a good debate, which impact to all three shells because it means they should be thankful I made a debate hard for them. Explicitly concede chilling effect too because that means no theory against here because it chills the legitimate theory which takes it the first shell because that was just an RBI in disguise. Now condo, Neg gets one uncondo. Anything else is that voting issue be because rejected argument is that thesis of conditionality. They consider the class standard that kills in-depth education because the Neg side steps all app responses by taking the path of the least resistance This Dispo doesn't solve because it's not specifically about straight turns and because it forces the action to do arbitrary hoops like not making perm versus obviously not competitive picks and at least to their offense too because Dispo is super illogical and arbitrary. The TVA was also conceded solves all the education office because you can he said every opportunity costs pre-round. No reason two in our choice is key. Now, substance, dog and state, stupid, they dropped literally all half off and best studies show that dictators uniquely use weapons to fight and impress which kills millions and oppresses millions more. out with a manner to be to take a goal and every time whereas their own impact card of the D only qualifies that millions maximum and Zika and it will already happen and kill far less than that which means the that outweighs because one disease doesn't kill
1: It is a problem. Like, like, for example, I'll have practices sometimes with like students who like just want to have like a, a, a round or something like that. And I was like I, I can't speak like I used to slow down for me, <laughs>
2: uh.
1: <laughs> uh, and so um yeah definitely i I am slower now than I was you know, flashback like four years or so because it, it's it's something that you like you lose if you don't if you don't keep up with it mm. the maximum rate of speed
0: where did you stop competing
1: in in college once I finished college it's a you know it's a squat activity, so high schoolers and, and college students do it, and then outside of that it's uh you know, you're coaching or judging and stuff, but you're not actively competing anymore.
0: So, so there's not no after college debate, n- n- no competitions.
1: There was some random. I, I forget exactly who hosted it. was some EA thing that they hosted. That was like a big debate competition that anyone was free to join. And me and a friend of mine joined it, and that was real fun because it was it was hosted by some I think British folks and people all over the globe were competing, like Australians, Indian, UK. And it meant we had to wake up at, like three a.m. because it was host of European time. Um, that's the only time I've like done post-college debate. Was there's one random one-off event. They're like, yeah, sure, we'll do it. Uh, and that was fun, but uh, I don't think there's really a scene for like c- competing after college. It's like a very much a like a, a high school or a college activity. We got a little bit of middle school as well.
0: That's so that's so strange. It seems like a very specific set of skills. That it's like weird that it's such a such a like neatly defined time frame in which to cultivate that.
1: Well, I mean a lot of the skills end up being applicable to other stuff you do. Like the research aspect will translate to if you want to go get your PhD or the argument aspect will help you in law school and stuff like that. And so like even if you're not doing like formal debating a lot of the stuff ends up still being relevant. I, I, it would be really cool to me if there were like a pro debate league, like there were pro sports league. I would, I would turn into that, a uh, tune into that. Um, but no, I don't think such a thing exists. And you know, the, the closest I can think of is like the presidential debates, which I would not call like a model, <laughs> particularly uh, you know, good, good debating. That's yeah. like eighty percent sound bites. Do you miss it? Hmm? Oh, do I, mean, I thought you said, do you listen Like, do I listen to the presidential debates? And I was going to say, like, unfortunately, yeah, sometimes I tune into those. Um, I, I enjoyed the competition. I don't want to say, I'm like, generally, like, oh, I wish I could do that more. Um, but it definitely, like, I, like I, I gave an anecdote a second ago about how it has informed my, like, ethical views and political views and so forth. And so, like, I'm, I'm glad I did it. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Definitely one of the, the better activities I'd recommend for high
2: school if you're at all interested in that.
1: Also, I guess the, la- the last, since this is basically me plugging debate at this point, is if you're at all worried about public speaking, uh, I think it's great for that. You know, that's like one of the people's number one fear is, is speaking in front of people in public. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure I would have been one of those people, you know, if not for the debate, because I'm naturally like very introverted and not the most outgoing. And so I could imagine a counterfactual world where I'm in front of a crowd and I'm like super terrified. But if you were used to that and you're like, oh, I'm good at speaking then it becomes more of a, oh, I get to show off how good I am at, you know, public speaking and oration and stuff. And mm-hmm. so I, I definitely never had any problems in pre- presenting uh speaking in public or anything like that. Um I think largely that's a result of, you know, attuning myself to that over the course of a number of years. Yeah.
0: Yeah. For me, that was theater. I was going to say we don't have debate over here, but we definitely yeah. do. <laughs> it's just not a, not such a, an established thing, I would say. But yeah, I was more the theater kid, and that definitely helped me, also helped me with uh, public speaking and stuff.
1: Yeah, it seems very similar. Getting up in front of a crowd, uh, mm-hmm. definitely a good time to practice that. If anyone here listening is in high school, like, I want to sign up for something, go check out debate or theater or something. They yes. probably value your ability to present in front of large audiences later in life.
0: Yeah. Okay, and what Sean actually wanted to know is uh, what your favorite debate topics are, or were, I guess. Yeah,
1: yeah favorite debate topics I've seen. There's, there's a bunch. You know, I've been around a while, and they, they go through them pretty fast. Uh, just to throw out a few that I thought were particularly like educational, organ procurement policy actually might be one of the like, most unexpectedly fascinating topics I've encountered. Like, how do we get more organs? We don't have enough of them. People are dying. There's a, a shortage of them and you got about a million and one proposals flying around everywhere you know you've got the presumed consent opt in opt out debate people discuss conscripting organs after death for decedents there's discussions of financial incentives you know like can you pay people for their organs preferred donation non monetary incentives like funeral expenses being covered or medical expenses being covered a lot of different interesting policies a lot of you know studies back and forth ethical issues about autonomy and consent a uh, whole lot going on there and i remember like that was the topic that's weird and kind of random and specific and then you research it and you realize there's this whole bre- breadth and wealth of you know literature that i thought was very interesting and uh well now i got really strong opinions about organ procurement policy as a result of having researched that one uh, another one that you know was uh surprisingly informative to me was discussion of like uh, adolescence rights. So both the level of like medical choices, can kids make their own medical choices without burnt consent and at like, the level of crime and punishment. So should juveniles be charged the same as adults or treated the same in both the court process, due process wise, as well as like punishment. And that's got a lot of interesting, you know, and complex questions about, you know, again, the nature of consent when you reach like full maturity that intersects with like behavioral studies, and, like neuroscience, plus a lot of practical questions about, you know, deterrence rehabilitation things and so a lot of those topics i think are really interesting Uh, and i will say the people you would think would agree don't always agree like the people would say yeah adolescents should have like full autonomy for medical choices don't necessarily say they should be treated like adults for criminal justice because some of these you know folks will be like well that some parts of your brain mature faster than others and so while you might make mature decisions on things where you, like, think it through with a doctor, you might still be impulsive and prone to crime. And so it can make sense to treat them as, a like, kind of adults in some ways, not in others. A lot a lot of very fascinating questions, I would say. So that was another of my favorites. Uh, and then most recently, uh, there was a topic about lethal autonomous weapons that I thought was super interesting. And, like, it, the first brush, you're like, oh, so one side is killer robots are good. That seems... Like, not the side that I want. And then you realize, like, that's actually the good side. Like, that, that's like the strategic side because there's just like so many hoops you got to jump through on the other side. You got, obviously, there's the practical concerns, you know, like, oh, this is the next generation of warfare. If one country doesn't develop it, they just lose out on the arms race with their, like, maybe more unsavory adversaries. You got problems with enforcement. Like, how would you even ban that? It's like we're talking about lines of code. You can't really make sure they don't have that code in them because they just remove it when the inspectors show up and put it back. But on top of all that, there's just like, like ethically speaking, it's like a weirdly strong case for killer robots because the, <laughs> the alternative is people, and like yeah. people are just like shockingly bad at doing things like not committing war crimes, yeah, and you know, yeah. and, uh, and not killing the and civilians, and so the bar for like you know, like autonomous drones being better than human piloted drones is actually like really, really low. And so that was one of those topics where like you go into it thinking like this is undebatable. And then you're like, oh, I want that side. <laughs> uh, and so like, th- those are the topics that are my favorite or where like you have a first pass impression and then you realize there's like very different and more you know, nuanced than you thought it was. And like, those are the types that where you're like, you come out of it thinking something different than you went in. And it's always a good experience.
0: Who decides um, who decides the topics?
1: Depends on the event. Generally, it's some sort of, like, quasi-democratic process. So, for example, like, the, the main event that I'm involved in, there's a topic committee where they uh, solicit topics from anyone. Anyone can submit a topic. They look at a list of, like, a few hundred topics, and they pick, like, ten or so over the course of the year. Uh, and they try to make them, like, they hit a diversity of issues. So it's not, like, all environmental topics one year all, you know, criminal justice or whatever. And so they list off, like, ten topics or so, and then there's a voting process where anyone who's a, a member of the the, you know, the big debate organization, like the schools can vote. And there's like, I think students count for 25% of the vote and another 75% is coaches. And so there's, there's a whole different process and it varies a little bit event to event, but it's basically some combination of like, there's a committee and then there's voting and then you select topics
2: that way.
0: Mm-hmm. And then you, you get the topic when do you get the topic like how many how how much time do you have to prepare and research i didn't i didn't know that you actually like research the topic
1: yeah that that is one of the things that will will change event to event like i believe there's an event i've never participated in some colleges where you get the topic like right before the round yeah um they're like hey here's a topic get 50 minutes prepare all right now you're debating uh, that was what the the international term that we competed at was like. They just like throw out a topic and you have like 50 minutes to strategize and then you go into it. Um, most of the ones that I'm familiar with over here in the U.S. are more like you have the topic a month or more in advance. So you have time to research it and prepare cases for both sides. And part of that is because they're very like evidence intensive things where you want to have studies ready to go and stuff. And so, you know, like the, the two month topics usually come out a month in advance. So you got a month to research and then two months to debate it. There's you know some events where it's like a year long, one topic. Those usually come out like way in advance. So you have like the summer to research you want wow. to. But yeah, th- that will depend event to event. It's not all one thing.
0: And so sorry if I'm like going going backwards here, but <laughs> how do you how do you judge how does a competition like look like? Do you do you do like both sides and then Something. What is decided? Like who wins? How? Yeah. How does it work? Uh,
1: that's a good question. Uh, any given round, you'll be assigned one side. So, you know, on on the killer robots topic, it'd be like, "All right, your killer robots good. Your killer robots bad. Go." But the, any tournament, you're going to debate a number of times, and you'll be switching sides over the course of that tournament. So, like a short tournament would be like one day long. You're probably debating like four times in preliminary rounds, and then you'll have like semifinals or finals. A longer tournament might take an entire weekend, like three whole days, and then you're debating six to eight preliminary rounds, and so you'll probably be three times on one side, three times on the other, four times or four times, and that makes sure that you'll have like an equal number of rounds on both sides. And then when you get into elimination rounds, what they do is they just flip for sides, and so you, you and your opponent will flip a coin, winner gets to choose what side they are, and uh, that's how they would decide that. So yeah, you will, you will, on any given weekend that you're competing, we'll debate both sides. Never in the same round. Like, you never have to both win one side and the opposite side in front of the same judge and the same opponent. You'll have one determinate side in a given round, but you'll have a number of rounds that ensures that you'll have
2: to be prepared for both.
0: But, like, how, who wins? Like, how is it that determined? Mm. Like, is it about, like, you have yep. the most convincing arguments, or you have, like, the, the, the most arguments, or?
1: Yeah. So, as a judge, generally there's one judge in the earlier rounds and the later rounds. They might have a whole panel, like three or five or more. Um, but there's no explicit rules for how you're required to judge. That like, they don't have like guidelines like you must consider X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally speaking, the more experienced judge is going to be mostly focused on your arguments. Like you try to be as neutral as you can. You're not like, well, I, you know, personally, I just really love. AI, so I refuse to vote for a ban on killer robots or something like that. Like you're, you're not supposed to do that. And so, the better the judge, the more it's going to be you know, considering specific arguments in the round. Like, oh, you like they brought up this point, you didn't have a good response. That ends up being significant. I would say again, at your more local levels, you know, more like casual, you know, county-wide competition you have a lot of parents and teachers judging and then it's just like, who knows what they're going to vote based on. Hmm. You know, like imagine your mom or dad being put in the back of a room being like, you're a judge now. What are they going to vote on? <laughs> no idea. They, they could be like, oh, that side was dressed well and spoke persuasively. I don't know what they were saying, but their words resonated with me, you know? <laughs> I remember, for example, like I to I one of my more significant rounds. It was like one of the first legs I needed to get to the tournament of champions. I, I happened to just have like a, a panel of like, total you know on unex- inexperienced parents and one of the judges was like yeah you had that one question you asked in cross-examination like way back at the beginning of the debate round it just really resonated with me and i'm thinking like i didn't like that didn't come up again at any other point in the debate round like we just like agreed on that and moved on okay <laughs> 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 and, 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 and like i kind of felt bad because like i won the round because judge was just like this one random question you asked like 30 minutes ago it's like i like that yeah you, i voted for you on that and i'm like like I thought I won, but for reasons wholly unrelated to that. <laughs> thanks, I guess. Um, so like, you never know how, how that'll go. they you usually want to just be kind of more holistically persuasive, do your best imitation of like a presidential candidate um, because, you know, th- those people are superficial for reason because they're appealing to the average public.
0: Any, any other thoughts about debate?
2: Mm,
1: about a million, but uh, we would fail to fulfill our Two hour <laughs> time limit if I said everything I had to say about that, nothing uh, off the top of my head,
0: okay well, I think it's a, it's a very interesting sport, yeah I mean, like the little insight that I got ten years ago was very strange, <laughs> but yep. um y- you're making a good a good case for it. <laughs> 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 I didn't know it involved all this um all this research, I think I was. Yep kind of I, I, I like the idea a lot that you just um, train to uh, deal with uh, a certain topic and also like it's usually like broader societal issues right the, the topics that are yeah. chosen so I think it's great to get like younger people involved in like political and, and societal questions yeah I guess I just didn't know enough about it, but it um it sounds pretty cool. So, it's, it's a bummer that it just like stops yeah. after college. But I guess then um you have like a certain career paths that you can follow if if you want to if that's um that's interesting to you. So, Discord, what are your three favorite Dominion Discord channels?
1: Oh. Uh, language is great. Love pedantic semantic arguments. Uh, Got to vote for that one.
2: Mm.
1: Matches is really useful. <laughs> in terms of knowing <laughs> what's going on. That's one that you can kind of check. I have more than once looked at matches and been like, oh, look, I'm in a match coming up. That, that existed.
2: Because
1: <laughs> I'd scheduled it like two weeks ago. And uh, mm-hmm. so that that's often practically useful. Uh, for our third channel... I guess I'll say Kingdom Analysis. That one is some mixture of you know useful and entertaining. Post to Kingdom and get people to comment on it.
0: Mm, I'm trying to remember where I see you most often. Mm. You do hang around in moving pictures. Mm-hmm. I don't think yeah. I saw you in literature. Have I seen you in literature before? I'm not sure.
1: Probably, probably more seldom. I think I've commented a few times. Uh, I remember that short story was being discussed. The uh,
0: oh yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I, I don't remember the title. The one with the the idol thing that tells the truth of lies.
0: I haven't read it. I have this like oh. strange aversion um, against short stories that I haven't haven't overcome yet.
1: Fascinating. I think short stories are a pretty good medium.
0: Yeah, probably. It's a me thing. It's, it's not about the short story. The short stories aren't the problem. <laughs> I
2: am the problem.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, if, if you want to hear objectively correct takes on moving pictures, check out that channel and just search for my comments. I will give you the best insight on which movies are good and bad.
0: You always do. You always do. <laughs> At least like as far as Disney yeah. is concerned, I feel like. I watched Encanto uh, last week, and I liked it. Have you seen it?
1: I still have not seen it. I remember hearing some of the songs, and I thought the songs were great. And yeah. so that was going to be a good reason to watch it. But then my sister watched it, and she was like, oh, false alarm, songs are good, the movie's bad, don't watch it. Oh, and no. I, I think that didn't watch it. But oh, I no. have not uh, confirmed that for myself.
0: Uh, I mean, it was okay. It was not like... <laughs> it's not a Moana, but... <laughs> it it was solid I felt like yeah it was solid a question I always like to ask my interviewees is who you would be interested in hearing an interview with in a future episode
2: Hmm.
1: maybe elusive but I'd love to hear an interview with Steph I feel like he's been around a while but doesn't participate so much in like public dialogue Mm -hmm. and so he's always struck me as quite an enigma Mm mm-hmm and so, I, I thought it would be fascinating if you could get Steph on to reveal his secrets.
0: Mm-hmm. What kind of secrets?
1: I don't anything, really. I mean, I know he makes the site. I don't, I don't know how that works. Uh, I don't know any of his thoughts, really, about Dominion, except that he's good at it. I have presumptions about the basis of his username, but I, I cannot substantiate those. Yeah, really, any relevant Dominion question, I, I, don't, I don't know how he'd answer He's a uh, veritable uh, mystery box.
0: I have to dig out all the all the the Dominion questions that I usually ask people. Yeah. Mm. Well, you're certainly not the first one to name Steph. Um, he's definitely on my list. <laughs> well, that's good to know. Okay, so sneaky question from okay. Sean. And it's another one of those. I don't know if you listen to the interview episodes, but Sean has a habit of um, sending in questions that I don't really know, <laughs> like w- the context. Um, but <laughs> All right. here we go. <laughs> uh, Sean wants to know Have you thought about teaming up with Julian and making a body cop TV series on TNT?
1: Julian Dr. Steelhammer,
0: I assume. Oh. Oh right, that's his name. <laughs> so teaming up with Julian. Yu so, okay. So,
1: so hammer and nails. I take it to be the basis of the question.
0: See again. Uh, <laughs> I'm like very confused about the question, but my interviewee knows what what it's yeah. about.
1: Uh, this reminds me of my very first uh championship interview, which I, I think was the truffles and. She asked, like, who would your rival in the competition be? And I'd be like, I said, Doctor Steelhammer, obviously. Obviously. I like, oh, and it did not, I think. Uh, yeah. Register. Yeah. I don't know. Would I be the good cop or the bad cop? I, I have no idea.
0: With Julian, I feel like I was gonna say Julian is like a very nice and very sweet person. Um yeah. But I can I can say that cop. you're not very nice. So. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> I don't,
1: I don't know if we have a good bad cop,
0: maybe it's a good good cop thing.
1: Yeah. Maybe it's not a good cop bad cop thing. Maybe it's the the like the loose cannon versus the straight guy, like Sean mm-hmm. Spencer, Dule Hill type thing. Well, now I'm mixing up the actors' names and the characters' names. James Rode and Dule Hill, or Sean Spencer and Burton Guster. Um,
0: I have no idea.
1: I'm, I'm I'm sure I would be the Burton Guster in that dynamic,
0: which is what.
1: Oh, you know, sorry. That was a reference to Psych, a relatively popular crime drama. <laughs> or maybe I'll be the Adrian Monk, and Julian can be the Natalie Teger. Uh huh,
0: uh-huh, uh-huh. So you are more neurotic.
1: I'm grasping for crime duos I can name. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess Sean can oh, yeah. like yeah. understand what you what you said before. Um, I guess he has the the. He knows the cultural references that I don't. But it's fine, because it's his question. And um, we hope he's happy now.
1: Glad I could help.
0: Yeah, so my, my, my last question, or it's not my last question, but um, when do you want to play our match for Allies Mix?
1: Oh, so the, now I figure out the real reason for the interview, just bring the scheduling <laughs> on me. Um, mm, this weekend would be a good time
0: okay i can do saturday
1: saturday Saturday sport
0: saturday when
1: mm, anytime probably or like around this time again would work for me it's noon my time
0: okay 17 utc
1: yep sounds good okay. now everyone can know when our match is going to happen
0: uh no because, like, <laughs> you have to give me some time to edit this.
1: <laughs> uh, everyone will know when our match, in fact, happened.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Saturday, okay. 17 UTC. Yeah. <laughs> in the past. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Three weeks ago or two. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, last question. Um, are we going to do VC together for our match?
2: Works for me.
1: Can you do a good Johnson impression? Oof.
0: Well, I can certainly try
1: just get exasperated at all of your draws and blame stuff.
0: Well, I I feel like Dunce hasn't hasn't done that in a while.
1: Yeah, and there has to be like a a level of tongue and cheekness to it. Like you have to be like very ironically angry about everything.
0: Yeah. The problem is I'm like not as quick as either of you. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I will try. I will try. Great. That that was all I wanted to know. All right. Do you have anything else to share? Is there anything else you would like me I've to got, know? I've, got a, or the I've world? got a question. Okay. Question for you. Ooh. Okay. Uh, Exciting.
1: Emperor's New Groove or Moana?
0: No. No. <laughs> Goodbye.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: <laughs> no, this, it's so tough because, you know, like the tragic thing about Emperor's New Groove. Is that it has one song that is not great.
1: Oh, which one's that?
0: Like the title song.
1: Mm. Yeah, if we're going by songs, I think Moana Wins the Landslide. I think that's got a number of the best Disney songs.
0: Mm, I don't know. I don't know, actually. It's hard. I feel like
1: Emperor's New Groove is more like culturally iconic than Moana. So
0: yeah. Like,
1: Moana's got the, the soundtrack.
0: I feel like Moana is just a good movie. Like it's very, um, it's so different from from other Disney movies. But Emperor's New Groove is just so funny, and uh, and I I can't decide. You are cruel. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we c- we could talk about Disney's or more <laughs> <laughs> to Hello? to reach the two hours.
1: <laughs> Most overrated disney movie
0: most overrated disney movie
1: and why is it frozen
0: i don't feel like frozen is overrated actually i feel like there's a lot of frozen hate out there
1: there there is and there ought to be more of it
0: are you are you are you one of them <laughs>
1: I'm probably all of it. If you've seen random anonymous accounts, just assume that they're all mine. (laughs) All all frozen hate on the internet is actually one of my many alts.
0: I guess, yeah. I don't know. Most overrated. I would have to say, like, Jungle Book or something.
1: Ooh, that's... I don't think... Who has strong opinions about Jungle Book? That's a... So you really don't like Jungle Book?
0: I like it okay, but I don't think it's, like, the best Disney...
1: I agree it's it's fine. Jungle Book is is okay.
2: It's not exceptional.
0: But the thing is also like the thing that I realized which was actually because of the the because I saw The Northman and it reminded me of Lion King so much because it's it's basically Lion King. And then someone pointed out that they're both like Hamlet versions. Yeah. And I realized that um Lion King has kind of like imprinted on me from like such a young age that I just I can't conceive of it as like a, it's like the story <laughs> for me, the original story. So it just it doesn't make sense to me that it's a version of something else, which clearly it is. Yeah. But it just
1: yeah, Hamlet's just a Lion King spinoff, basically.
0: Right? Yeah, it's like the yeah. Lion King and like very dark, and um, and more death. Yeah.
1: I mean, Lion King is really darker to get down to it. The- Mufasa dying in a kids movie—that's,
0: it's that's yeah, something. it's intense. Like I'm, yeah. I I guess like if you have a close relationship to your father, then that's like pretty, pretty distressing to watch.
1: Yeah, or a strong aversion to wildebeests. And I, is that called? It's pretty strongly implied that Scar gets killed too, right, by the hyenas.
0: Yes. Eden.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He doesn't get the like fall of a uh, high. Thing, yeah. death that all the other like yeah. Disney villains get, he gets eaten. Yeah, I mean it's not a it's not a great movie. Maybe Lion King is the most overrated Disney movie.
1: Oh, that's a that's a take. I think I think Lion King's pretty
2: good. I don't know.
1: So yeah, I mean, like my heart. I, I, would, I would accept. I would accept that as a hot take. If you wanted to say Lion King's mediocre, that's that's definitely swinging for the fences more than Jungle Book being mediocre. You're coming from people's childhoods.
0: Yeah, my own childhood. That's why I'm not saying <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. It's like, I, I love it. like, But I'm I, I'm attached to it, like, emotionally, extremely. But maybe I shouldn't, is what, I, what I'll, I'm I'll trying ho- to say. I'll help
1: you out. I think Lion King's songs are a little overrated. Agreed. Uh, like they're not bad, but they're, they're always in contention when you're discussing best Disney songs. But I
2: don't think they really deserve to
0: be. No, no. I agree. I agree. It's just that we know and, and love them, but not because they're great just because we love Lion King. I feel like Be Prepared is the best Lion King song.
1: Oh my god. I've never heard anyone else correctly identify that as the best Lion King song. You are Aww. absolutely correct.
2: Aww.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I have to say, I guess, like, my favorite Disney song is just A Whole New World. I don't think there's, like, any other one that comes close.
1: Oh, that's a good one. I don't think it makes my top. A top X number, I don't know how many that is, but not my, not my top tier, it's not a bad one.
0: What's in your top tier?
1: And let me, give me one moment, let me pull up a list. Oh, this, this does have some that are like DreamWorks as well, because this is just like no. classic childhood songs. No. So let me, if I accidentally say one that is not a Disney movie, that's because I'm looking at a list that is not exclusive Disney. I'll stop the interview. Um, then I will, I will not mention all these Shrek songs. Shrek um, songs, come on. So, in in no particular order, we've got uh, How Far I'll Go from Moana. We Know the Way from Moana.
0: Okay, We Know the Way is great.
1: Honor to Us All from Mulan. Uh, th- oh, some Hawaiian title that I'm going to pronounce wrong from Lilo and Stitch. Hemela Nalilo. I'll Make a Man Out of You from Mulan. We Are One from Lion King 2, which should not reflect on the quality of that movie. That's a good song. Colors of the Wind from Pocahontas. God help the outcasts from *Hunchback of Notre Dame*. No. Touch the, s- what? You don't like *Hunchback no.
0: of Notre oh, right, No. Well, i like, yeah, no. There's fire like... from Notre Dame. Yes.
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs> back, <laughs> back on the right track. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Touch the sky from *Brave*. Ooh. Another one where the song is uh, completely outshines the quality of the movie as a whole, hmm. or actually. If if we are mentioning songs that are much better than the movie, then "Let It Go" has to be number one. The disparity between quality song and quality movie there is quite stark. Wow! Yeah, I'm not I'm not pulling my punches. Frozen is terrible. <laughs> uh, Hawaiian roller coaster ride from Stitch, uh, "Strangers Like Me" from Tarzan, and
0: oh.
1: uh, I think the rest of these are all non Disney. Oh, "Where You Are" from Moana. That's the last one. That that's my top tier.
0: And um. Can I get the particular order now?
1: I uh, not without deep contemplation that I have not given this. I'm not gonna commit to something that significant with.
0: Uh, Those are so little many time songs to, to mull it over. I thought there was There's like a lot of top five or something.
1: Hmm. Okay, let, let me see if I can give you a top five. Yes. This is tough. I'd have to listen to all of these and I'm, I'm prepared for this. I should have been prepared.
0: It's okay. I'll uh, I'll judge you forever based on your okay on your answer now
1: touch the sky is on there for sure uh, i'll make a man out of you for sure uh oh and after those two i don't want to choose between the rest of the day. that's that's tough I'll, I'll list those as my top two
0: okay um i'll give you five okay so a whole new world
1: okay Yeah. first of
0: all you had no aladdin in there
1: I did not. Aladdin songs aren't bad, but none of them are the best. They're all solidly...
0: Oh my god. Seriously? Ah. Anyways, okay, so A Whole New World, uh, Reflections, from Mulan.
1: Mm Mm-hmm, that's not bad. Easily third, fourth? Okay, Mulan just has good songs. It's (laughs) a good song, but it's not, not the best of the Mulan songs.
0: For you um okay yeah. those two and then i don't know what it's called in english but the i want song from from hunchback
2: mm-hmm.
0: out there is that what it's called
1: i have to find out the title, I couldn't the title. you listen to it in in german yeah, out there is the title in english okay
0: yeah i have like i listened to everything up until frozen i think i listened to everything in german and yeah, now i listen to everything in in english
1: German or English, which is better, in the context of Disney songs?
0: Uh, that's a tough question, um, because uh, most of the the translations are just silly. Um, because <laughs> you kind of have to fit um, correct translation, like content-wise, into this like pre-existing f- form of the 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 melody and everything. So yep, that's that like sense. very hit or miss, and um, you get like very very. Silly translations um, for Lion King, for example, is just like, can you feel the love tonight is really, really nonsensical um, <laughs> in German. And then you also get like very kind of loose translations that sometimes alter the the content completely, which um, goes like very poorly sometimes with Hercules, for example, that's like, the, the worst translation ever for Max song, where she, I think in English, she says, like, I won't say I'm in love. And in German, she says, um, I don't want a man. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then it's basically this whole thing, like, no means yes in the end. So that's really creepy. um, But the thing is, because I, like, listened to all of this since I was four years old in German, like, I'm incredibly emotionally attached to the German versions up until a certain point. So That makes sense. I was sucked into the music brackets and we had like 1992 and I submitted a whole new world and the Arabian Nights thing from Aladdin um in German and because like no one noticed that it was a whole new world <laughs> Um, <laughs> until it showed up <laughs> in the game, um, there was this uh, tie in match because someone else also submitted A Whole New World, but the original, the English one. And it was like very heartbreaking. Like, if I, ev- every time I listen to A Whole New World in English, it's just like, this is so wrong. <laughs> this is like clearly wrong. This- Wait, did
1: those end up matching off against each other?
0: Well, there was a play in where.
1: <laughs> like you had to
0: vote. It was very close. I gotta say, it was not only me voting for the true version of a whole new world, but it didn't yeah. make it in. The,
1: the The music channels are the the like you must never go there. The Discord server for me.
0: Yeah, it was it was but that was way for me for a long time too.
1: Very very heated discussions about things that I'm not prepared to to, to weigh in on.
0: I know, and I feel like. I mean, I never go to like this whole section of analysis. I think so. I, I can't, I can't really compare. But I feel like there's like so much traffic in the music channel, and it's like fifteen people in there, and they just, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing.
1: Yeah, it's, it's own little world. Yeah. <laughs> Strange and distinct microcosm.
0: Yeah. It's fun though. Like there was uh, a lot of good metal now for nineteen ninety two.
1: This is like prime directive that I shouldn't disturb the kind of <laughs> music with my outsider ways,
0: yeah. So, yeah, do their own thing, <laughs> okay. So, okay, a whole new world, reflections, um, out there. Um, I guess I have to go with the one song from Encanto, actually. the
1: There's a correct answer here, I feel like you're not going to give it.
0: I actually I don't really know what it's mm-hmm. called. It's two orogitas mm-hmm. or something. It's like the the credits song.
1: Oh, uh, see, I thought the best song was the the strong Sister song. I don't know. I if Tyler. Oh, <gasps> I love it. Do. Yeah, surface, surface pressure. Surface pressure. Surface. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. that's yeah. a close second. That's really good too. I love that one. So my fifth would be what would it be? Hmm. Oh, uh, we know the way. There you go.
1: Mm, that, yeah, that made it on my short list, so that's a good
2: answer.
0: <laughs> I always find it fascinating. Oh, well, it's not like I I don't think I can generalize this, but I was thinking of um So Encanto, like I did like the movie, but like it didn't blow me away and also like the music didn't blow me away. Um right off, but now I've listened to it a couple times and now I'm just like obsessed with it. So I was trying to Say that's always the case with Disney movies, but then I remembered Frozen too, where it's just like, hmm, hmm, not so much. I mean, great songs, but also like very mediocre songs.
1: That's fair. I, there's definitely some songs where like I hated it first and then it grows on you, yeah. and some, sometimes those end up being the best songs.
0: Yeah. All right. I think I think I'm good with this. How are you?
1: All right. I was gonna say I think we we've met the the goal, we're still under two hours. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, that's the most important important thing. Yeah. Um. I haven't seen Bijou yet though. I'm, I'm a little. She is probably asleep.
1: I I I always lock her in the other room whenever I'm trying to record because she makes a lot of noise. Yeah. My, I got a a, a big window, just points right in front of the house that's mm. right next to my, uh, desk. And so if she's in the room, there's like a ninety five percent chance that at some point she's gonna be barking loudly out that window. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I remember I've, that I've happened learned. last time we talked. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I I've learned the error of my ways. She's never around when I'm recording
2: if I can help it. Okay. Um, Fine. She's a little bit noisy. Fine. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint.
0: <laughs> no, it's alright. Um thank you for taking the time. And um talking yeah. explaining yeah. debate to me.
1: Yeah, my pleasure.
0: Oh, right. I always forget to say goodbye. So, goodbye.
1: Hasta luego.
0: <laughs> Thanks again to JNails for taking the time. Thank you to Arnie, Timo K, Shanahan, and olivia 1152 for sending in questions. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. You'll find a video of JNails debating in the show notes. And you can hear the complete four minutes of his debating that I've intercut in the interview. Now, the game has ended. Bye!
3: I will concede no RBI's because Hard Debate is good debate, which impact turns to all three shells because it means they should be thankful I a debate hard for them. They explicitly concede chilling effect too because that means no theory against here because it chills legitimate theory which takes the first shell because that was just an RBI in disguise. Now condo, negates one on condo. Anything else is a voting issue because the argument is that thesis of conditionality. They consider the class standard the kills in-depth education because the next side to all app responses by taking the path of the least resistance This Dispo doesn't solve because it's not specifically about straight turns and because it forces the act to do arbitrary hoops like not making perm versus obviously not competitive picks and at least to their offense too because Dispo is super illogical and arbitrary. The TVA was also conceded solves all the education office because you can con- Every opportunity Because pre-round no reason two in our choices is key. Now, substance Not you tell stupid that dropped literally all F off and best studies show that is the dictators uniquely use weapons to violent precipitates, which kills millions, and a price of millions borrowed outweighs a manner to be their gold. to humans over time. Whereas the owning back of the D only qualifies that millions maximum and zeker and it will already happen and killed far less than that, which means the AF outweighs because one disease doesn't kill all outweigh all global oppression, also outweighs and probability because they've a plan and three evidence does it. The vast majority of developing countries is internal, not external, and it turns into a long term because obviously instability creates the condition more terrorism long term. Impact running proper extinction doesn't first because they paralyzed policy, there's always announced the risk of it and immoral stuff like voting for the. Holocaust because a 0.1% reduction in extinction. They don't access the future generations because they do impact harder than the extinction and the current evidence says that the DNA and population should start near zero percent. Now, T arms sales. I mean the my evidence defines says FNF and IMAT default to the advent of excessive military is just as solving the equation, but they concede that the poor countries afford commercial arms sales, which is why we have to subsidize it. And Doyle is not training anyway, which is independent source of offense. You should reject multiple drop the argument. Without an RBX, it's functionally three devs against me, which means a seven to one negative skew. Reject the argument to solve the abuse, which means throwing out all the shells. Don't drop the argument or anything but conditionality because it turns fails and kills experimentation. Now the. The second shell counter reaching the app may make arguments about times and the name may answer them irrespective of whether they're true or not. It solves literally all the options because if it falls, you can just beat it. On the flow dropping the debater uh, is uniquely bad in this context because it means the negative switch but point out one false argument in the app, and it's simple because I can't win by beating back one of your theory shells all their RVS, bad stuff is offense against them here. The contact proper they can see that there is a time you best studies go off. Even if it's not perfect, the negative, zero evidence to the contrary. Everyone flips negative in time is both pressure pot in the debate which impacts all this stuff it means nuance goes off because we should have for structural unfairness, otherwise we perpetuate the negative time you The arbitrary stuff links to them more than me because there are a bunch of blipping theory shells in the one and C uh, statistics of the least arbitrary is an independent assertion that it's not just debaters making gratuitous claims. Now the canon permutation do the but it's nowhere near competitive because it's literally one exception. That's not a new principle, it's just the app principle plus clarification, because the app was never categorical in the first place. They say no ground, that's false. They can see there's tons of topic DAs like the whole rest terror DA, Russia, China fill in sphere of influence, hedge DA soft power. I could go on. There's plenty of cross-national data besides the topic, default to actual experts, Troy and James 16. Political or database studies use military presence for a a consistent negative human rights is reading for the and still studies. by plan Reveal. rofer? You went toilet specifically to military writing. literature, Thomas revealing Sixty eight military in general, has been the center of period examination. This study takes as the most important issues to study which military aid, regardless of form contributing to the fact that they're less important than the purpose and implications and substance proper of the but They've conceded a preemptive link to the Sullivan and killed everyone's A backfires and makes it less likely to succeed. You should prefer evidence that were assertions by a random NPR journalist because there's zero reason chat is different than every other country in history. Well, why this time it's the one time that works. Their own internally evidence the Booker Ram can already access by bio- weapons. says try or die for the link And their own impact card about far future by bio- weapons. Not the ones Booker Ram has said so they're not distinction anyway. And the link card says stack ops are an alternative cause. Now, T, general principle, I meet the opposite of action, saying policy only be about one regime is and disproven by the fact that the general Solomon's advocate, door- and studies the end of the topic in general, which turns the topic at claims counter-interpretings, now must have been the topic of the general principle, ultra-lingual. 11, the article is submitted before, and that's general category was resolved the general principle, prefer review of literature, Copa and Paolo, and along 6, with all the opinion resolution, and review of literature, indicates that remember, and plus, for instance, in this, would have been a example of the relevant market, and this, is for, if they're interpreting for they have not submitted the topic, which is the only of ways for class and pre preparation, they don't solve any of their options, because their intro is about implementation, but their is the about specification, also, the ground stuff is obviously not unique because... Pullouts can be sketchy too. I prevent picks with explosives. and kill six minutes AC offense theory. Doesn't check because one out of three is an factor, which makes next strategy less stable and skews. Limited one a time. Ad hoc picks that still links to his stable ground offense because it makes next ground. Continue on theory, but it's, it increases the arbitrariness because there's no broiling for what a pick is. Yes, and all cap share some aspects with the AC specification beyond the topic basis the AC's for the rest because the best that the fight just demand a type of weapon or branch of government proves. It opens a flunky tool to the theory and can't set a coherent norm because they don't want to just gerrymander new and narrow limits are better for structural equity because made a bit inaccessible for small schools for students and students are cheap in homework air after year because shorter topics and no partners to you for research means that a smaller topic is better for Elden policy.